The Youthscape Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Youthscape Podcast. How are you doing? It's getting a bit chilly this time of year, isn't it? And I'm sat next to, he's my great friend and co host, and I occasionally let him speak. Come on, introduce yourself. Get a bit closer to the mic. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Hello. <laughs> I'm Martin. Martin, this is my favourite time of year. Actually. Is it? Yeah, I love it when it's it cold and bright. Yeah, that's Ad- my favourite weather. Advent. I love Advent. Yeah. What is your favourite thing about Advent? Is it the uh, the opportunity to reflect on the birth of Christ our Saviour? Or is it the Christmas drinks? Oh, it is the opportunity to reflect on Christ our Saviour. It is all that. But it is. I do not allow myself a few things till the 1st of December. I can't have a mince pie and I can't have um, pret a turkey stuffing sandwich. Wow. Until the 1st of December. Then I allow myself. That is a, um, it's, it's a discipline. discipline. It's very good. <laughs> Jesus loves it. You know uh, my big festive thing? The thing that basically uh, means is I'm the fat is all year round. Is it the striker tights that you're wearing? No, right now, no, it's right? eggnog. Oh, I hate eggnog. No, I've got a big eggnog thing. Oh, it's so disgusting. The word is disgusting. Eggnog, like that. Yeah. Oh, well, it's nog, isn't it? What is nog? I don't know. It's nog. I don't know what nog, nog is. Nog sounds like phlegm. No, oh, it doesn't. When anyone says eggnog, I just feel I can just hear the sound. It's it's interesting because eggnog lattes they do have the sort of viscosity of phlegm, don't they? The the, the what of phlegm? You know the sort of consistency. Yes, they do, they do, exactly, that's what I'm talking about. No one's going to want to drink one. No, exactly, don't drink eggnog. Because they run out, you see. (laughs) They run out, I have to talk to different baristas and befriend them at this time of year to get them to put cartons aside for me. So in all the Starbucks, other coffee shops are available, around, that that I use. Within the Luton area and the Rygate Rygate, Surrey, London, anywhere I might visit. I I befriend baristas and I just ask them to put a couple of... Of, of so cartons away. Is that conditional befriending? I mean, it's not really befriending if, if, the, if the goal is that you have your eggnog, which is a nice little segue wow. to our theme for ah, today. You're on fire! I am on fire! What did you just do, Rachel? I just did a segue. Is that, is that a segue? Is it a segue of the things that you stand on? You I think they're both, <laughs> both segues. Those are both segues. But this is an interesting question because, dear listener, we're chatting today about evangelism. And I know I can hear I can hear the parting of the waves. I heard it as I said the word Martin. I heard it echoing around people listening to this. That the moment you drop the word evangelism into the mix, some of us are like, yes, brilliant, love it. Others are like, oh no, that word is so loaded with this kind of idea that you just are scout hunting, you chat to young people, you befriend them, you hang out with them, but actually the reason is that you just want to kind of go for their soul. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? And like, also the terror. Yeah. The, the abject terror. terror of walking across a room and telling someone about Jesus, yeah. which you clearly, you don't have that kind of, it's like you were, I don't know, dropped on your head as a child or something. There's a, <laughs> there's a bit missing, isn't there, from well, you, which is embarrassment. Um, well, I think that the, it's missing for me as a youth worker. I don't feel embarrassment with young people because I don't feel, I don't feel if they say, oh no, go away. I, I don't feel the kind of the wounding of rejection. But where I've really struggled recently is I thought, actually, I want to run an alpha group or something with the mums that I meet every day on the school gate. Mm. But I found that really hard to cross that line. Mm. So people who actually, I do care what they think about me. Yeah. I find that really difficult. So Gosh, now you've yeah. said it. Now I'm going to do it. Now you've got to do it, <laughs> so haven't up. I'm sort of a prayer group first. That's what I've done first. I, can I just tell you my sort of recent shameful evangelism story? Because um, it's quite. this is another coffee shop story. Okay. I spend quite a lot of time Ed in coffee shops. coffee shops. It's a different one. 
It's a different kind of coffee shop. And I chat to the same uh, barista every morning as I go in and get my coffee. And, uh, and she's essentially drawing evangelism out of me. Oh. I'm kind of being the reluctant evangelist. She keeps asking me what I do. She keeps asking me what I'm working on at the moment. The other day, she just she started to sort of almost get me to evangelise her. She said, oh, she, do, do you know what Soul Survivor is? She said, I went to that once. Oh, wow. I was like, come on. Oh, wow. You're, you're going to make me do this. You're going to make me do this, aren't you? Um, which I thought was amazing. That, that was like the ultimate example of God God being on a mission in the world mm. and us just having to be obedient mm. and join in. Mm. Um, I did actually at that point think probably I had to start talking about Jesus, but, but I'm, I'm afraid up until that point I've been a pretty lousy evangelist. Well, th- this, is, this is a difficulty we have with this word, isn't it? Because I think like on one complete extreme end... We shouldn't actually have to have conferences about evangelism or resources about evangelism or books about evangelism or listen to people talk about evangelism. Evangelism is you just share what you love with someone that's next to you. Like it is on one level. <laughs> Was that you putting your phone down? No. That's that producer Rachel. Producer Rachel um, just made a sound on the podcast. She did. On one level, it is an instinctive response to your life being transformed by something. Like yeah. we shouldn't have to be spending lots of money on training ourselves to on the other end of the extreme is actually, no, there's strategies, there's there's ways to think about this because actually we're living in a culture where people are so far removed from the biblical story. They're even talking about sin or talking about heaven and hell. It's like alien concepts. So we actually have to completely like re-shift our thinking around evangelism. And probably most of us are somewhere in the middle. Mm. Like, I need a bit more training and encouragement, but I also know that in the end, mm. it's not going to a conference or getting a resource that will make me do it. I just have to say to this young person, do you want to talk about Jesus? Do you want to talk about life after death? Do you want to talk about the big stuff? And mm. So so why, why don't we? That's I Yeah, and, and I, I, I see that, you know, you just tried to take down all the evangelism conferences. And, <laughs> I, uh, no, I haven't. books and things. Sorry, guys. Sorry that Rachel just <laughs> well, did that. events I'm involved with as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, because actually... Um, that all those things are useful because what they do is they galvanise you, they, they encourage you, absolutely. they, they, they um, help give you like tips on how to, to actually get across the line and do it. But it's just social innovation, really. Mm. It's just you reading the culture that you're in, yes. which is just your culture, because yes. those, those are your friends, mm. and uh, knowing the story of, of God well enough to explain it to someone else, and then having the... Guts. Yeah. That's the big bit, isn't it? Yes. The guts to put the two together. She's just made another noise. <laughs> She's taking photos. <laughs> Why is she making noises? Oh, no, Do you know we were, at, um, we were at the Christian Resource Exhibition the other oh, day? And, um, yeah, and, 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 and producer Rachel was there. And somebody went up to her on the stand and said, Are you producer Rachel? <gasps> Are you Oh, she is a real person. Do people think she's like a fictional character or something? I don't know. She was talking this morning about whether we could do podcast merch, oh. whether we could create an I'm producer Rachel oh, t-shirt. That's such a good idea. You know, like the stick. Yes. On Top Gear. Yes. But, that's um, great. Anyway, I've lost my face. What are we talking well, about? I think because we've got a great guest, <laughs> though, haven't we, who um, has, since coming on board as interacted this role, has really reimagined again the... The, what the goal of their organisation is, and gone back to the roots of why this organisation was yeah. founded in the first place. And I think, actually, as we listen to the interview, it's a great interview, by the way, that you do with him, it is a great question to ask ourselves in our youth work, whether it's church-based thing or schools-based, whether we can overtly share Jesus or not because of the limits around what we do. It, would it be fair to say that there is a bit of a preeminent model in 
youth work in Britain, which is now going to get challenged, which is around taking your kids to Soul Survivor so they'll mm-hmm. get evangelised mm-hmm. and saved. Mm-hmm. So you, you structure your year yeah. so that you have you might have an alpha course in uh, at one end of the summer. You might have invitational kind of bring a friend events in sort of mm. February, March. Then you book everyone to Soul Survivor. You go as a group and then you take them to the main sessions and you hope that they get whacked by the barrel mm. spirit and convinced by Pilavachi and his, his talks. Or if your own brand of, of yes, uh, youth conference yeah. is slightly different. Um, uh, you know, that is sort of the model, isn't it, for evangelism in youth ministry? And I, since becoming a parent, I can see... I can see why that model really works because I have a six-year-old daughter and I have ever since I've been her mummy pray with her every evening read a kid's version bible every evening don't really have amazing conversations about faith then the school local schools worker last week goes into my daughter's school does an assembly she comes home and says mummy did you know and I was thinking I've been saying this to you for years but one other person comes and does the same thing and it provokes a reaction so and I think there's something about human nature almost like that the you need those evangelists in your life who are continually just kind of have a look at this, have a look yeah. at that. But you also need someone else to come across and go, okay, I'm going to agitate something now, and and actually force force it a little bit more, not force yeah. you to become a Christian, but kind of suddenly emphasise, bring it right in front of your face. So I think as youth workers, we probably instinctively do that because we know that day in day out, week in week out, we are kind of chatting Jesus. But our young people sometimes need to hear that agitatively, yeah, yeah. almost quite violently. Like, what are you going to do about it? But that, yeah. in a way, that can't always be us. Yeah, that's a very positive way of, of looking at it. So I wonder whether parenting is the ultimate example of this and, and, and youth ministry also on a local level, probably yeah. also. That idea that a prophet has no honour yes. in his own land. Yes, You know, yeah. this idea that actually they kind of hear it from us, but sometimes you need that disruptive yes. voice yes. coming from outside who can who can bring a challenge. More And often more certain. They yeah. come with more yeah. certainty. Yeah, the danger is, though, that if we absolve our responsibility and actually then we say, well, we haven't got to chat about any of this, we haven't got to offer young people any opportunity to respond until it's a big event, then that's where it all breaks down, isn't it? Because actually there are young people who will be making a commitment to Jesus and won't be able to identify a date or a time. It's just like, I learned one, two, three, four, I learned how to tie my laces, I learned to follow Jesus. So yeah. you're right, It isn't evangelism isn't about getting people across the line. It, I think it's, my, my, my husband refers to it as kicking the darkness till it bleeds daylight. It's that sense of actually mm-hmm. this, for this person, they're daily introduced to the stories of Jesus in, the, in a way that they can respond to, their hearts can come alive, like they can glow, this can become real for them. Now I did an evangelistic talk the other day you told me you've got to tell the listeners because well, it's, it's amazing story. so I so I did it why don't I do the first half of it now yeah and then we'll have the guest okay and then I'll do the other half yeah how about <laughs> okay. that okay that's Ooh. storytelling story time isn't it yeah so I uh, we took a, a group of about 24 young people away from my church um, all in sort of year seven and eight. Mm. And we took them away and we uh, basically decided that we were going to assume nothing. So they've been in church, they've grown up in church. We would assume nothing. And over the course of the weekend, I ran a few sessions with them and just unpacked the offer of Jesus to them. Oh. Ending in on Saturday night, asking them, do you know what? It's sometimes helpful have a bit of a line in the sand. Lots of people through the, the weekend had kind of given a little testimony of how they met Jesus, how they got to know Jesus. Leaders have done that. 
And so I said, look, you've heard all these stories. Maybe it'd be helpful for you too to have a moment that you look back on that is, um, you know. And so I, so I, I, I had that moment. I had a guy next to me with a guitar, just like you're supposed to do it. Just, just poised with a just there, chord of C, ready to go. Playing some little clinky plonky strings. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and so I said, would anybody like to become a Christian? Dun dun dun! Mm. To oh, be continued. To be continued. Who knows? Ooh. Who knows where Whoa. that's going to end? Imagine if I forget to finish the story. So uh, the kids are still there, still waiting. So we're talking about evangelism today, and the reason we're doing that is because of our guest. And our guest is Neil O'Boyle, who is a national director of Youth for Christ. That's right. Fantastic. So buckle up, everybody. It's a great interview coming your way right now. Youthscape Podcast. Well, I'm very excited that today my guest on the Youthscape podcast is Neil O'Boyle from Youth for Christ. I got that right, didn't I? You did. That's brilliant. I well would have done. said I would have said YFC. No, that wouldn't have been right. But that wouldn't have been right. So yeah. let's start there. Okay. Why would that not be right? Well, we, it's an abbreviation, isn't it, of our actual name, which is Youth for Christ. And I think we wanted to go back to to the full name of Youth for Christ because it. That is who we are. We're about reaching young people for Jesus, and we want to declare that. We don't want to hide behind letters. We want to be quite upfront that we are Youth for Christ. So you are the National Director of Youth for Christ? I am. And how long have you been in the role now? In that particular role, three years and a little bit. But you've been in Youth for Christ a lot longer. I have been in Youth for Christ. So tell us your story. Actually, I became a Christian at a Youth for Christ event. uh, And I walked into the back of that place and I heard someone speak. And I thought I was at a meeting with a whole load of religious nuts. I thought it was a cult, actually. And I just didn't know what was happening. But there was something in that message that resonated. And I went to the front, became a Christian. And yeah, the rest is history. So how old were you then? I was 16. Okay. And so... So, so why, when you thought they were nutters, yeah. did you still decide to give your life? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so, I, yeah. So, I, I found myself in a pretty difficult place. I'd been uh, uh, put in an at-risk centre and it had been horrible. I was let out. I had no friends. This one friend I had left who just kept pestering me said, come on, let's go out. So, we ended up in this back of a church hall uh, and, and I recognised these weirdos who were coming into my school talking about Jesus thought they were from a cult but you know I had nowhere to go I had no friends so I I stuck it out I heard the message became a Christian (laughs) and was your friend was your friend an evangelist to you yeah I guess I guess he just cared for me and and everyone else had gone and 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 left me and just thought you know this guy's a loser but this other guy stuck in there and I'm glad he did so then fast forward a few years and you end up at Youth for Christ Youth for Christ presumably at the Hotel California you can check in every any time you like but you can never leave yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you're in you for Christ, you're in it forever. There so what, what have you done? Because you were international. I was. Director. Mm, well, no, not quite. Um, international. So I had a few roles with international. Okay. So I uh, started in Cyprus where I was a director of training uh, for Middle East, North Africa. And I worked mainly with the persecuted church. So I was in and out of the Middle East in that time. That was great. Then we moved into the Gulf where uh, I oversaw you for Christ in the Gulf, pioneered a a bunch of works and stuff there. And then we moved to Thailand, where I was the area director for Asia Pacific. And that started in Afghanistan and went all the way over to Fiji with India and China and everything in between. And then they moved me to the States, where I was the vice president for Youth for Christ International. And then finally, they let me come home. Yeah, vice president of Youth for Christ International. That uh, sounds so grand, what, doesn't that it? That does sound grand. So what, what do you do when you're, when you're vice president of the entire 
well, international not, network? Not a lot, really, and that, that was the issue. So um, uh, basically, I oversaw the field, so all of the national directors across the world, but really, I didn't do that much, and I just right. wanted to be back engaged with ministry at a strategic level that could make a real tangible mm. difference day in, day out. So you took over uh, Youth for Christ mm. uh, after Gavin, Gavin yes. Calver. Yes. And, uh, and so you were taking on there a, a bunch of... Se- how many centres do you have across the We are roughly, at the moment, roughly about 72 centres across okay. Britain. So, so would it be fair to say most people have a Youth for Christ centre near them, or are they clustered together? Are there kind of bits where they aren't? Or? Yeah, they're, they're spread out. There are parts of the country where there's no Youth for Christ presence at all, and then there's some parts of the country where you can't escape Youth for Christ. Really. It's like a Starbucks on every corner. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Okay. And uh, and so what do the centres do and how does that relate to the mm-hmm. uh, the national kind of... Operation? Yeah, so it's a local expression, but it's not a one-size-fits-all. So, so every centre could look completely different in what they do, uh, but the goal is the same. It's about seeing lives changed by Jesus. And it's about giving young people an opportunity to know who Jesus is. So we're quite bold about that, really. Now, we're intentional about evangelism, but how that's expressed varies massively. Uh, for some, they're just very straight up. Some are much more subtle and, 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 and deliberate about a longer journey that they're going on with young people, but the intention is there regardless. And evangelism, since you've been in the, the role, you, you've talked about evangelism a lot. I mean, yeah. You wrote an article in Youth Work, or whatever it's called now, Youth and Children's Work magazine. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you, uh, you, know, you talk very explicitly about the need to return to evangelism. Yeah, of course. And that's a real passion for you. Absolutely, because the gospel changes lives, doesn't it? So I think in, in the age of relativism and uh, where we're to tolerate everything, we get, we're a little bit frightened about saying what we actually believe because somehow we think that might offend people. But I don't think the gospel of offends. I mean, it does in one sense, but in another sense, actually, it's good news. News that transforms lives. So we need to be bold about that. Now, I'm going to ask you, this might be a sticky question, but let's Mm. see. Um, You you worked with Christians in Thailand, in the Gulf, the persecuted church as well. Um, Coming back to, to England, do you find working with kind of British Christians a bit frustrating by comparison? So I imagine in those places, you know, we hear of a really, a faith that has to be absolutely on fire, absolutely alive, you know, a risk everything faith. And, and I imagine by, you know, what I know of, of the church in the UK, it's not the same. So what's that like? Has that been a culture shock for you? Well, yes, it has. I mean, it's different, isn't it? So different issues that, that, that you're facing. I, I remember being in Thailand, actually, when the census came out last time, and it said something like, I don't even remember what it was, but something like 59% of people in Britain would, would say that they're Christian. And there'd been a remarkable decline in that statistic. And I remember thinking, God, I, I just want to go back to Britain. I just want to be part of that shift. And so we did a piece of research called Gen Z Rethinking Culture. And it said there that 33% of young people believe in God. And when we really pressed into the, 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 the back data, it wasn't that the rest didn't believe in God. It was simply that God's not on the agenda. Yeah. And I think the role of Youth for Christ and other organizations and the church is to put God clearly back on the agenda for young people to process and to consider whether they want to be people of faith. Do you feel optimistic then about the... Because a lot of the statistics, a lot of the, yeah. the rhetoric over the yeah. last 10 years particularly has yeah. been negative young people not interested. There was a slightly rogue piece of research that came out a while ago that yeah. said everyone was in church. Yeah, yeah. But discounting that, yeah. um, you know, are you actually optimistic that we can see the tide of statistics change? Well, I don't think that we're in, in a time of revival. So let's be clear about that. I'm not seeing evidence for that. Obviously, may, I, I, we're not. 
But um, am, I, am I optimistic that, that the good news of Jesus will change lives? Yeah, I am. Mm. And so we will keep working at that. It's hard and it's difficult. And the starting point has changed, certainly changed from 20, 25 years ago when I started in youth ministry. Um, but, but we're still passionate to that end. What, what, uh, you have a bit of a bird's eye view of, mm. of Youth for Christ. Uh, you also get about on the road yourself. What's really exciting you at the moment? What are you seeing within Youth for Christ, outside, that's kind of reasons for hope where you're seeing people do stuff where you think, oh, this is, this is working, this is good. There's a lot of really good stuff that's happening out there. But what, what I think, I think what we're looking at at Youth for Christ and, and trying to uh, do exactly what you said is stand on the summit to look out there and see what's on the horizon, where do we need to position ourselves? And I think the digital world is absolutely where we need to be. Uh, and, and we've got to figure out how to connect with young people digitally, which will result in relationships and then a connection to the local church. Yeah. And no one's done that, no. but we're going to have a stab at it. The quote that, um, uh, that seems to be pulled out most from that uh, Gen Z research yeah. they did is the, is the YouTube stat. Yes. That, uh, that something like 80% of, 84%, young, yeah. 84% of young people mm. said that going on YouTube was their favourite thing to do. It was yes. the most important pastime. I think that's, like, that knocked me for six. I think, yes. you know, unless you were absolutely on the cutting edge of culture, which I'm sure all our listeners are, uh, you know, you, were, you heard that stat and you thought, oh gosh, the world's moved on and I didn't know. And, and so what, you know, what does that mean? Do we need a bunch of Christian YouTubers or, or is there something different? Well, that's an interesting... We haven't had this conversation, no. so that's really interesting. So we did another piece of research and we're still looking at the data, so I'm not going to tell you too much about it, but we, we looked at it particularly with YouTube in mind mm -hmm. and uh, because of what the stats told us. Yeah. So what were the habits? So, so what makes uh, someone follow a particular person on YouTube? Some person gets 500 people, some person people get 5 million, and what's the distinct difference between the two? Mm. And so this research has kind of told us that. And so we're looking to step into that space to, to explore what does it look like to have digital YouTube evangelists out there. Yeah. Um, but again, how do we connect with them relationally? And that's the piece that we're still mapping out, but we think we might have an answer. We'll see what happens. Wow. I mean, if you are a, a, a YouTube evangelist in the future, mm. there's no evangelisticity, is there? There's no way you, <laughs> you, the stats don't lie. They're brutal. No, exactly. YouTube. exactly. If, you, if you've got, you know, you've got monthly supporters and you've got 47 followers, yeah, then exactly. you're in trouble. It's an epic failure, isn't it? Gosh. Yeah, and so, that's why we wanted to be informed, and that's why we did that piece of research. That's great. So that's really exciting. So when does that come out? That sounds like everyone wants to know what that is. Well, yeah. So uh, before we release it, we want to have a crack at it. So yeah. before we tell you how to do it and what the research says, we want to have a crack at it. So we'll probably sit on it for a little bit, yeah. but we'll get it out there eventually. Interesting. Great. And so um, uh, you've also just produced another, like an absolutely brilliant um, resource, which I think by the time... People hear this will be out okay. and available, um, but I've seen it and I just want to commend it straight away and say great. that it is the best youth Bible I've ever seen. Oh, great. Uh, and I, I'm really excited at the opportunity to give this to young people and see what they do with it. So great. do you want to just tell us a bit about what uh, the YFC, Youth for Christ, sorry. There you go. I only You're did fine. it once. You're fine. I did it once. Right. Youth for Christ. Pounds, thank you. The Youth yes. for Christ team did with the, the Bible. Yeah, so we were approached by the Bible Society who said, could you help us put some notes at the front of the Good News Bible? And we said, actually, no, we don't want to do that. If, <laughs> no. if you want our involvement, then we want to be much more creative. 
And so the church resource team came up with a whole lot of ideas that's made it a very interactive Bible. So there's notes throughout for sure, but they are throughout and they're topic related and there's uh, theological reflections, there's places to write notes, there's places to doodle and draw. There's all sorts of things that you can do with this Bible uh, and they've done a really good job with it. It is brilliant and it's in the style of a sort of the sort of journals that young people are yes. engaging with right now yes. uh, and uh, and I, I just think it's going to work I'm just really excited to see it you know given to young people um, yeah. so you better have a, a youth budget there because they're going you're going to need a stack of them I think um, but uh, but it, yeah really well done with that so uh, so anything else you're excited about at the moment you just want to tell us about that Youth for Christ are doing you guys still running gap years and, and other programs that people can engage with we do. We still have our year out teams and, um, and, and that's going well. So uh, we, we run a, n- a number of things with our year out. So you can be placed with a centre and just uh, not just, but be involved in, in, in youth ministry on the edge and in some really interesting environments. Or you can be on a touring team and uh, you can be touring around the country doing various things, whether it be uh, a dance group or whether it be a band or whether it be something we call the Cube, which is this interactive thing, which is amazing. And I still can't explain what the thing does, but it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, It's interactive in the schools, doing RE, gaming. That's a new one for us, uh, which we're going to be pushing into. Because again, the stats came back and said, you know, uh, over 50% of young people involved in gaming. And then we did this other piece of research that I just told you about, and the stats gone even higher. So that's that's where people are at. And we want to explore how gaming and the gospel are compatible. Yeah. You know, that's going to be interesting. That is, I am staggered by how much my 13-year-old son and his friends are obsessed with Fortnite at the moment. I presume oh, yeah. Yeah. even even you know a year from now, no self-respecting young person will be playing Fortnite. <laughs> sure but right. it's staggering <laughs> yeah, to see is, just the, the take up of that. Pokemon Go a couple yeah, of years yeah, ago, yeah, 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 the yeah. interest obviously in games like Call of Duty and so on. Yeah. Kids actually, you know, w- when we started ministry, Neil, you know, we could have gone to a street oh, yeah. corner Absolutely. and found a bunch of young people there congregating for the evening to see their mates. Now they're all doing it in headsets in individual uh, bedrooms so yeah. it's a great challenge isn't it? how on earth do we reach those guys when they're not even congregating in the same physical space oh totally totally yeah i don't know about you but i started off with a little game boy do you remember those things i those remember the game boy plastic. yeah <laughs> do you know how big they were hey, they were massive in our heads they're smaller than that so so that's enough of two old men reminiscing <laughs> about their, their lost years uh neil thanks so much for oh, sparing the time to talk to me you've got the blood racing in here i'm excited i'm gonna go and tell someone about jesus the youthscape podcast Great interview, Martin. Thank you. It's it's a fascinating thought, isn't it? Can YouTube be a platform for evangelism? What's your hunch? Well, I think it's it's a natural place for us to look because Mm. of that statistic that we mentioned. Uh, Young people love going on YouTube. Young people, you know, probably, I mean, say young people, children, really. And young people love going on YouTube. And, uh, you know, there are various stats about how long kids spend, you know, about 18 hours a day, I think, mm. is about the average, uh, you know, that young people spend on YouTube. And um, as an, it's, it's quite easy to get a bit um, snooty about it, because um, I don't know how you find YouTubers. And you, I mean, I'm a man of 40 now, it's well documented. <laughs> when I look at kind of YouTube mm. channels, and I watch these very famous YouTubers, I am a bit, I am a bit snooty about it. I sort of look at them and I think, I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. The production values are very low, the... 
the talent that you normally you used to have to, to display to become a TV presenter, mm. you had to really hone a craft and a skill. And I've seen a lot of YouTubers who I've thought, I don't see that skill. Um, what, so, do you, what do you see then? Well, I is it authenticity? Is maybe, that too grand a word for it? Or is that, that is quite a grand word for it. I think, um, you know, you see it's um, an aspiration for young people now to become a YouTuber. Um, you know, I've seen kids grab a camera and play the part of a YouTuber, you know, mm. um, right in front of my eyes. Like mm. they, can, they can take on that. that it's persona. like being a pop star. Mm. You can take on the persona of how you're supposed to behave as yeah. a YouTuber. Um, but I, I, I don't know why YouTubers are so popular. I think it's, it's that accessibility. It's that thought that, yes, yeah, I'll follow you at the moment, but I, maybe I could be... Yeah. I could be like you. I could be near you. I could be your friend. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more resonance and similarity between you and a a 16 year old kid who started making films in his bedroom and putting them on YouTube mm. um, than there is between you and the presenter of a Saturday night TV show with an audience yeah. that you couldn't even get close to. Yeah. Now, actually, they're both in this generation. They're both as far away. Yeah. They're both as far removed. You can't get into the YouTube building unless you've got 10,000 followers. Yeah. So it still is inaccessible. But there's a sense. So authenticity is sort of authenticity. So it's perceived authenticity. Yeah. So if I mean, so I, I think absolutely we should completely mine every single platform. I think Paul says I'm all things to all people. Yeah. I think he would be right all over this. But the question is, if it is so instinctive for this generation, if it is so natural, if it is where they're spending time and where they share ideas, why are we not seeing lots of Christian young people who are in, intuitively mm. choosing to speak about Jesus? And, and are we? Are they? Are, are they? Are they? Is it just not popular? So they don't get very far? Are, are we trying to force something on young people that they are not naturally seeing as the space to do it? Well, it in that. Yes, in that. I wonder whether young people generally feel anywhere is the space for them to do that. Yeah. Apart from church. Yeah, great point. So you talk to a group of young people and you ask them to go and tell their friends to come to the event you're planning. Or you ask yeah. them to share their faith in school. And in most cases, they'll nod and say, yeah, sure. Mm. But if you push that a bit... Mm. I, I, you know, I had a conversation just a couple of nights ago with a group of, of lads who were saying, yeah, we don't, we don't talk about our faith at school. Of course we don't. Mm. Like, it's a separate thing. Your religion is <laughs> private. And also, like, it's not going to make you popular to talk about your, your Christian faith. So, so in that case, if you, you know, all you do on YouTube really is all you, the stuff you do in real life. So um, if you're not going to talk about your faith with your mates at school, you're not going to talk about your faith on your YouTube channel. Mm. Unless... And this is where there's a real challenge here. Unless adults are kind of encouraging you to do that, maybe. Ah, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Because does adults encouraging you to do it mean that you're more likely to do it or less likely to do it? Because like the, it, it seems to be, and I think you're right, the kind of it is, YouTube is staged. It mm. is as controlled and elite as everything else always was, even though it gives this veneer of authenticity. But, but it's almost like it... If our young people are not catching that actually this is dangerous and adjective and I'm going to talk about the one thing that nobody is talking about and everyone's owning a whole range of interesting identities online but I'm going to own Jesus because actually that is mm, the one that no yeah. one is. Like if, if that, it, it's not about us facilitating the camera and the angles. It's about somehow calling that heart out of them. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if we can do that formally so, so there's a boy at our church called Ben he's 17 years old he got baptised by full immersion in our church two weeks ago 
his Instagram site since then, he is all over it telling his friends about Jesus. Mm. And he's the shyest boy. He's just brilliant. Wow. But, but he's, he's got it. He's, he's got this fire. Amazing. And, and, I, and, I, and again, should we as a youth worker said, now that you're baptised, you should be just, you know, actually he just did that instinctively yeah, because yeah. Now, something has changed in him. And actually, before he got baptised, he came to see me and Jason and we were like, mate, this is the most serious thing you'll ever do. So actually, mm. the, our training session with him was actually quite hardcore. Mm. It was like, this, you, you, haven't, you haven't got to do this. You haven't got to be about time. Yeah. It's all right, you know. And it, it almost like we set the bar so high in, in yeah, a way yeah. that, that when he crossed it in his own heart, that something changed. And I think I'd like to push back to us as youth workers. What would it mean for us to release young people to do that? I, I don't think it's just training them how to do the cameras. It is no. somehow. But it is also that because there'll be many that haven't got that either. So yeah, yeah, how do we get this right? Well, I think because we you, do this yeah. at Youthscape, don't we? We run share. We do, which is about both, isn't it? We do. Uh, I think the um, the challenge is you do need to help young people with yeah, the technical the space. aspects yeah, a- yeah, of it and how to do it. You know, there is some technical proficiency required to create yeah. a good YouTube and, and channel. And the equipment and the stuff. And the editing and yeah. all that stuff. It's not it's not as instant and no. effortless as it looks. But if you want to if you want to release young people to evangelize on YouTube, you don't have to train young Christian young people to be YouTubers. No. You have to train <sighs> Christian young people to be evangelists. That's great. And then they'll evangelize in any space, won't they? That is great, because actually there's something about the culture of YouTubers that's so self-absorbed, love yeah. the sound of their own voice, that actually is, yeah. is in conflict, isn't it, with, yeah. with the gospel. So here's, here's my question as well, because I, I think what's quite interesting in the New Testament is that, that Jesus calls the disciples in twice in a way so so when so the interesting thing is when i think when i'm doing an evangelistic kind of come to jesus and be saved but actually jesus himself says come to me if you're weary mm. and find rest so actually mm. jesus call to people to come to him wasn't come to me so your soul is saved it's mm. come to me and kind of be at home be, mm. be find rest find peace yourselves and then obviously at other times he also says come with me so it's come to me mm. but then also come with me and and it's not that evangelism and discipleship you want to separate them unhelpfully but i think actually sometimes we've forgotten to say to young people we're so quick to the discipleship let him change your life live radically different that we forget to say to young people just come to jesus actually evangelism yeah. is yeah. just come to jesus yeah. And of course, it's also you know do things radically different, but we, because sometimes we put those together so quickly, I think sometimes young people have not heard Jesus saying, "Come to me for rest. Come to me, find your identity. Come home. Come, yeah. come and come and chill. Come and be." And and without and without, out of that is come, yeah. Without turning this into a two-hour podcast yeah, special, <laughs> what that what that then opens up is is the question of do we need a slightly bigger gospel for young people because. Um, traditionally, yeah, evangelism is about telling young people about sin yeah, and yeah. Uh, and their rescue from sin yeah. um, through Jesus. And we absolutely affirm yeah, that. Yeah. Oh That's gosh, right. that we, is right. We agree yeah, with yeah, that. That is that. central to yeah, gospel. the gospel. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But the, Jesus saves us from so much more than that. Mm. So he saves us from shame mm. and he saves us from guilt mm. and he saves us from... Um, a wrong idea of who we are and our mm. own identity and he can save us from um, addiction and he can save us from um, immense feelings of darkness and loneliness and he can save us from um, all, all the other mm. stuff you were talking about mm. there like it, 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 it's so much bigger mm. and I wonder whether um, you know 
we give young when we when we call young people to, mm. to, to tell their friends about Jesus, mm. are we are we in danger of saying tell go and tell find a way of telling your friends that they're sinners that they're and that they can be saved yes. from their sin, even though yes. in this culture that makes absolutely no yes. sense to them at all as a starting yes. point. Yeah. Um, but actually, they do. They distress. might. They might they be in all distress. sorts of yeah. uh, other distress. Yeah. yeah. And, so. that, and, that, and I think again, not to make it's a massive podcast, but I think sin is a power. Mm. Sit, and so Jesus is saying, "Come to me for rest." He's saying, "You will not find rest outside of me." And and sin is that distress, that pain, and of course mm. it is the things that we willfully do. Mm. But we, we need to understand sin is a much bigger concept as well, don't we? Not just I've done something naughty, therefore I've sinned. Yeah. Actually, sin is that kind of blood-borne disease that we're born with that we need a blood transfusion for. It's that. So salvation is actually you're you're free now. Yeah. So I think like yeah, I think we do as as which is why as youth workers and as why as youthscape, we're so passionate about theology. We're so passionate about and I know there's loads of people listening to this. Um sorry, I'm so tired because I'm having a little person. I can't remember people's names, so sorry. But like Nazarene College and LST and other places, it's so important as youth workers that we do theology. Yeah. We don't do academia, but we do theology. Mm. And I think that because mm. this stuff matters, doesn't it? This yeah, it is really why matters. it's so important. So uh I am ready for the second half of your story, please. Do you know what I was about to close this off. No, I'd forgotten. Tell us the ending. I knew that would happen. How long is this <laughs> podcast, producer Rachel? She doesn't care. She's not going to say. She's zoned out. I tried to trick her into speaking then. <laughs> Did you notice that? She's cooking some food. Right, okay, go for fine. it. What, what happened next? Uh, so, where were we? We're at, uh, the guy had his hand. Aaliyah Pike. That's who I was trying to say. Sorry. Come I just on. remember that. Aaliyah, this is about you. You, you and your theology. Go for it. Sorry. Story now. <laughs> so, worship leader. Yes. He's got his hand hovering over mm-hmm. Middle Sea or something. I yeah. don't know. The Chord of Sea. The Chord of Sea. There we go. I don't know about music. Can you tell? Okay. And I say to the young people, um, we've just explained the gospel. Would you like to make a commitment mm. to follow Jesus? And we had about, so we had 24 kids there. Wow. 17 of them came forward. What? And said, yes, I would like to follow Jesus. And are these I looked people at, they know, friends they know, so uh, it's high so these risk. Are, yeah, so I, I looked at the worship leader and we had that little look oh on our, you know, uh, the look genuinely between us was, hang on, that's too many. Yes. Uh, hang on. Did I, did <laughs> I, I, I say... Have I youth group that don't know Jesus? Did I say it wrong? <laughs> did I, what did I, what did I say um, there? And, um, and it's really exciting. It's really yeah. exciting. It's a lot of young people really coming into youth ministry for the first time, having been through some brilliant children's ministry. Brilliant. Who have been, you know, given a great grounding. Yeah. And actually this was an opportunity to own the faith for themselves. But um, but I think what I took from it, so I've never done that in my life, so I'm not somebody who has a, a long history of, mm. you know, like uh, little, I don't know, scalps on the yes. wall where I've written down them, you know, yeah. Hundreds of do you think young there are people. youth workers that do have scouts on there. Well, sometimes on Christian television you hear oh, people see, okay. claim they've, yeah, but you they've led thousands to That to weird fight. world of Christian TV. I love Christian TV. The rest of us don't go there. I love anyway. Christian TV, but they claim to have led thousands <laughs> okay. to Christ. So, so, um, so I, I can't claim that. So this is the first time I've ever done it, really, like this. And um, and it was just a reminder to me. I mean, it's you know very exciting, rejoicing in the heavenlies and all yeah, of that. But definitely. it was just a reminder to me that you don't have to take young people to a big be, event, be no. an event with 5,000 people. What it really comes down to is uh, a bit of intentionality. That's a great Christian word, mm. isn't it? Explaining the, the offer mm. fully in a way that they can really understand. And then, and then giving them a, a, a decision to make that is clearly expressed. And then so, waiting. Well, and then, and then having the guts to say, yeah. you know, okay, nobody's moved. Let's not move on. Um, but um, but yeah, so so joyfully, Aww. we're now processing what that means. I went to see them all the next morning. I, I, I sought them all out individually, and I was like, are you sure 
Are you sure you know what you were saying yes to here? I'm just, <laughs> I'm a little anxious. That's why you're a great youth Thanks. Well, it's brilliant. But they were like, they did understand. They did understand. That's so I, so I'm, I'm really encouraged by that. But, um, but I think it's just a reminder that we don't need, we don't mm. need Soul Survivor. Maybe mm. it's a timely reminder. Mm. We don't need Soul Survivor to make our young people and Mike fall in love with Jesus. And Mike would be the first to say that, wouldn't he? Mike Absolutely. and Ali and Andy would be the first to say so, that. Um, so there we go. That's the story. Yeah. Yes. Right, <laughs> producer Rachel is doing that. This is a long episode. She's doing wrapping up size, wrapping up. We've been handshakes. recording this for about a week. For about a week. <laughs> Guys, we love you, and um, and we know that you know we're we're speaking this stuff to people that know way more than we do about all this kind of oh, thing. Oh goodness! And yeah. so please, um, please uh, stick with us and send us your stories, and you know, tell us your ideas because this this is a great conversation and a timely conversation for this generation it's so important that we as the leaders of youth ministries are having these kinds of chats together and wrestling this through so we uh, we have one shout out on okay. my little kind of list one person that we're going to add as the weeks go by okay so joel preston oh hello joel 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 how do you say joel i, I have a son say joel. i have a son called joel do you say joel so you say joel do you do the E at the back of your mouth? Joel. Like Joel. Joel Preston, you actually... Oh, and the great thing is, he's about to start work. He is working now for Youth for Christ. Oh, congratulations. So that was a nice little segue. Another no, well, segue. Well. That's you, beautiful. You are Rachel Gardner, queen I'm of the segue. on my segue right now. <laughs> the hilarious thing is, we're, we're recording this in part of Youthscape that has a toilet in it. So... Actually, Martin went to the toilet partway through and just kept the door open. Yeah, because you talked for so long... <laughs> That it's possible to actually go off <laughs> to go and, and do and a take wee a loo break. and come back. Yeah. Friends, we love you. Have a great, great day and keep warm and enjoyment spies. The Youthscape podcast is free and it always will be free, but you can support us by going to patreon.com forward slash youthscape. Dun dun dun. To oh, be continued. To be continued. Who knows? Who knows where Whoa. that's going to end? Imagine if I forget to finish the story. <laughs> <laughs>